is there anything that you have watched or that you do watch that you're a little bit embarrassed by how much you like it? Oof. <laughs> no judgment, but there will be a bit of judgment. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the latest episode of Since You Watched. I'm Yehuda Fink. And I'm Aaron Wunsch. We're here to discuss the best and worst shows available on Netflix. Each week, we'll dive into another series and give you our honest opinion. Is it a binge-worthy box set or a massive waste of time? Tune in each week to find out what we're watching. Episodes released each Tuesday. Don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a cheeky comment. So let's get into it. Oh, we have started recording. Okay, good. Yeah, you need to put those pictures away, by the way. I don't think it's appropriate for, for the podcast. But anyway, um, so welcome to the pods, uh, podcast, pod, whichever one you want to go with. So after months of thinking about what sort of side hustle we could create, thought of everything, we went through sourdough, home fitness, um, OnlyFans, that didn't really take off. Uh, I think yours did more than mine from what, I, from what I've read. I did so well. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's I, I actually all jokes as i didn't know what it was and um oh, genuinely course, did yeah, google sure. at one point yeah, oh okay. what's an only fans page but um yeah. I did find out but anyway here yeah. we are uh we decided to launch our brand new podcast called since you watched uh what we're going to be doing is reviewing recommending some of the best and worst shows on netflix with two armchair experts we'll watch all the stuff you've been recommended and let you know whether you should bother. Of course, we fully expect this podcast to become absolutely massive. Uh, huge advertising deals, uh, two-year deal with Spotify, I'm sure, is in the works. In the meantime, it's just our opportunity to have a bit of fun, share our opinions, give you something to listen to whilst you're on a walk at the gym or even on your way to a date. Do you listen to podcasts on your way to dates? Um, I haven't, but <laughs> that would be a weird time to do it as I, I live with my fiance now. So well, the thing is, right, if you listen to a song on the way to seeing someone, you haven't got anything to talk about. But if you listen to us, right, then you can start, oh, by the way, listen to this amazing podcast called Since You Watched. And you can talk about a Netflix show that you, you heard about on here. And then therefore, what we could do is we could actually be the podcast that helps to break the ice with a couple they then have a child. We've created a generation of people born as a result of this podcast. Wow, we're repopulating the earth. That's that's the so that's the aim. People like to watch TV, but they don't really know to discuss or, or right. actually too many people are actually watching completely different things um and you know you'll say oh i've i've, wa- I've been watching line of duty oh i've always wanted to watch that mm. and then the person is like oh i'm not going to talk about it now because i don't want to ruin anything and the idea possibly here is that we can talk about tv shows we'll give you a spoiler alert when we're going to actually delve into it but the bits beforehand hopefully will convince you to to watch the show yeah um, and then you'll be able to come back, listen to the po- to the podcast episode again, and hear uh, what we have to say about it. Whether you will vehemently agree with us, or you'll 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 throw your phone at the wall because you're absolutely furious about some of our opinions of TV shows and 
Um, but that's the idea is that people are able to take what we have to say um, yeah. and, and just, just sort of a recommendation rather than just, you know, sitting for a good half an hour. To, I've done that. I'm sure you've done that as well. <laughs> you just sit there. It's actually part of the fun, isn't it? You sit there for ages and you're like, oh, wow, look at all this amazing collection of films and TV shows and documentaries. And then you no end up watching watch Friends. Better. You just watch Friends or, 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 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it's going to help people narrow their search and just sort of just, just go and watch the show. And mm-hmm. um, that's happened. I've just, I just ended up just watching a show. And yeah. after, after someone has told me, you know, just, 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 just do it. This is why it's so good. And then I end up realizing that I was a fool for just sitting and browsing for so long. So hopefully we can convince you um, week by week, episode by episode. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's that's really exciting. And and next week uh, we have our first proper episode delving into our first TV show that we've chosen, which is Money Heist, which we're very, very excited to review. Um, won't give anything away in terms of how we felt about it, although this being our pilot episode, we will be talking about some of the shows that we've watched over the past year and some of our favorite shows a bit of a spoiler is that we did both watch money heist in the past year so that is why we've chosen to review it next week but i think as a good starting point uh think it'd be good just to get an idea a bit of a background into you know what sort of your favorite shows were growing up what sort of things you like to watch maybe your favorite genre that kind of stuff yeah um so for anyone who who doesn't know me um well, the millions of listeners won't All know the millions you. of listeners, but hi, mum. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my name's uh, Yehuda Fink. And, yeah, I'll just talk about TV. I, I, I've always been obsessed with TV. I've always loved television. Even as a kid, I used to sit and gawp gormlessly at the television, regardless of what was on, um, yeah. to, the, to the annoyance of my parents, I'm sure, to the annoyance of a whole generation of parents who were wondering, why aren't they outside on their bikes? And I would do that. I would go out and I would play a lot, but I'd also watch TV and... You know what? I bet a lot of parents nowadays would wish they had kids like us who didn't watch anywhere near as much TV, but um, we're still into it. Um, But uh, as a kid, I I was always into my cartoons. Obviously, I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's (laughs) such a good show. I never got into things like Power Rangers. I love cartoon shows. Right. Um, I never loved Power Rangers. I actually just didn't do it for me. I, I could tell how fake it was, even though they were trying to make it live action. As opposed like to cartoons. Cartoon, a cartoon, I, I can... <laughs> but just clearly not fake. <laughs> yeah. Cartoons are sort of different. I don't need to pretend. Uh, there was something about... I thought Power Rangers was really repetitive. That's why I never got into it. Right. And then, you know, sort of... <laughs> I'm sure my parents are aware of this, but when I lived in Israel, and my parents would watch... would have EastEnders. There was a BBC World uh, channel, and they'd have episodes of EastEnders. And I, there was a gap on the stairs that could directly, you look through, you could see the TV. I swear to God. They used to watch it from the gap in the stairs. Well, I was asking who, who shot Phil Mitchell from the top of the That's stairs. A huge story. To, my, to myself and uh, my parents were none the wiser. But the first time I ever remember watching a more sort of grown up kind of show was uh, CSI. I love CSI. I was really? absolutely obsessed with it. Um, I thought it was so cool. I, I particularly love CSI Miami. Right. Because... Um, Horatio Kane is possibly the coolest ginger to ever live. Um, yeah, I, uh, I never enjoyed any of the CSI shows. My mum is obsessed with CSI, oh, Miami, CSI, all of them. I just, I found, oh, nah, it, just was, it didn't do anything for me. I found they're all very repetitive. It's always the same thing every single week. It just well, that was, I think, I think that was a trend with a lot of TV shows. The, the popular TV shows were a big intro, 
um, there's usually a, a, a line or something from the from the protagonist. So Horatio Kane will always come up with some sort of crazy, uh, sort of hilarious pun. Like they find a a body uh, a body that's clearly been eaten by like an alligator in in like uh, off the river in uh, Miami, and then they'll be like, yeah, we've got to find the the, the killer. And then um, you've got uh, Horatio Kane will just go take his gla- put his glasses off or take them on one of the two, and he just go. Finally, it snaps, and he just walk away, and it's go <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I didn't really get it at first, and then I realised that that was actually one of the earliest memes. People used to right. take the mick out of um, Jim Carrey. That was a really good impression of it. Um, but I absolutely loved that. But that was a, like a nine o'clock kind of show. You know, there was violence in it, but the first time I ever remember a show that that sort of was something really different it was Prison Break. Um, oh, you were saying this is. The first show you probably binge yeah, watched. Yeah, the first show. I mean, I was always into like detective kind of stuff or thrillers. I was really into that action, obviously, as a uh, as a boy. But um, th- I remember the first time I saw I saw I saw the trailers for it. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. But and Prison Break was the first show that week to week I was like, this is completely different. And was, everyone at school was watching it. Right. Everyone. So, w- what was it about Prison Break that obviously you said you enjoy the sort of detective side to it? But what was it that was different? I suppose from CSI to Prison Break where you felt it was whether it was more binge-worthy or was the sort of thing that you would sit down and watch mm. far more regularly or what, what was that difference? I think it was the first time I remember a TV show that told a long story. Uh, CSI, for those sort of shows, they there's no real serious storyline going through. It's just sort of like, this is the case, this is going to crack it, this is really cool. And then some big things happen, you know, see some Miami, a few characters get killed off or whatever. There's a few shocking moments, but yeah, they kind of come out of nowhere, a lot of them. But in Prison Break, and I'm sure there are other shows that we now have now with the golden generation of television, yeah. it was the first proper storyline, 25 episodes, it's not going to go on. CSI Miami, for example, was eight, nine seasons, right? Even yeah. longer, I think. And Prison Break, it was sort of, I didn't think it was going to go past the first couple of seasons. I thought, well, they've escaped now. What's going to happen next? And it kind of built up on it. But the first season of Prison Break, I think, is one of the greatest seasons of television I've ever watched still today. Right. It was just so brilliant. The way it was, the, the way it was built up, the story that, of Michael Schofield, the way it linked to government corruption, and the way he actually te- really broke them out. I think as a kid, I didn't appreciate character development, though. I was about to say, is that one of the things that changed there is that you've got, as you said, the plot, but also that character development where you start with one person and they develop yeah. and they become more, in, they have an arc or whatever it might be that really That's, yeah, keeps you I, going. I think as I, I was very much a novice when it came to watching TV shows, so I didn't really appreciate I thought, oh, these guys mm. are cool or whatever, but I never, I never got into the whole really rooting for a character kind of thing. I kind of like the characters or whatever, but... You know, for example, Teabag, uh, if anyone remembers, Teabag Theodore. Teabag? Yeah, that was his nickname. He, he, you know, as a kid, I absolutely hated him. Obviously, he's the bad guy. He's, he does some horrendous, right. horrendous stuff in the show. So I didn't really appreciate it. But when I've watched it again, Teabag is possibly the best character in the show because he's so flawed, because he's mm. so... Right. Uh, it's about the concept of villains. We can talk about it in, uh, possibly later or in another episode, but... He, because he does some of the best stuff. He has the best lines. He, 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 he doesn't really grow as a character. He's, he's still a piece of crap by the end of it. He right. doesn't really change. But, but you're, you're put, you're thrust into certain situations later on in the season where you're like, oh, do we root for him? Like, I don't know. Like, he's done some horrendous stuff. Yeah. 
So I think as a kid, when I first watched Prison Break, I didn't really appreciate it. I was sort of, you know, Michael Schofield's the main character, Lincoln Burrows, they're the cool guys. Um, and then everyone else is sort of on the side and it's their story. But actually, I think watching a second time round, a bit older, understanding concepts of entertainment a lot more, I think. Yeah. It's and I suppose really interesting what yeah. you're saying there with Teabag is talking about a, ca- a ridiculous name, by the way, but that whole idea of a character being being slightly different and almost that anti-hero. So now that's quite normal, right? If you look at, I think Dexter does that quite well. Breaking Bad is an obvious example where the villain or well, the hero, the protagonist, is actually an incredibly complicated and often a flawed character that in the context of the actual show is actually a villain. So Walter White in Breaking Bad is a villain, right? He's a meth dealer. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's not a good guy, but you root for him. He's the character you want to see do well. And I suppose that, that in, I suppose in Teabag is, is a early it's, manifestation I mean, of that. Yeah, I mean, Breaking Bad, just in the sideshow, Breaking Bad is genius. One of the best things about it is that Skylar White, Walter White's yeah. wife, is not the villain in the show. <laughs> she's no. actually generally does tries to do the right thing and she's, oh, she's a victim she's, she's a victim, a victim. <laughs> she's a victim of domestic abuse of, of, mm-hmm. of mental abuse horrendous abuse by her husband who has done some of the most awful awful things it's about their character and about how they justify their position like you know if we go for a film the joker from the dark knight yeah does some awful things but we all love him he's absolutely everybody loves the joker he um, you know because of how Heath Ledger portrays him I think how um, Joaquin Phoenix just... portrays him as well actually becomes not a lovable character in the same way, but you you have sympathy for the you Joker. You do have sympathy for him. It's a different kind of uh, story. Yeah. They try and give you a back. It's an origin story. It's about how he does that. But with the Joker in in the Dark Knight, he fledges right. one. We don't know anything about him. Well, that's Which part he just of the rocks genius, up, isn't it? It's part of the, well, he just rocks up and he completely causes me. It's been really interesting. I know I'm not really sure. I've read much, but. I wonder if they would have brought him back for the Dark Knight Rises or the plan was always to, you know, it was just the Dark Knight. I wonder if they would have brought him back. I, I I have a feeling that he would have still had some part to play because of the way mm-hmm. it ended. He didn't get killed off and he sort of, you know, the Joker just disappears. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I I mean, this is a, a massive sidebar <laughs> going from Netflix TV shows, but I think Bane, carry, in the Dark Knight Rises, I think Bane, uh, played by Tom Hardy, I think he carries that as a villain. I don't think you need the Joker necessarily. But yeah, you're right. You don't see the Joker die and therefore there's every possibility that he still still exists. He's still part of the narrative in some way. I actually have a question for you Go on, on, on your TV watching history. And huh. this was not a question that I told you I was going to ask beforehand, which is fine. <laughs> but is there anything that you have watched or that you do watch that you're a little bit embarrassed by how much you like it? Oof. <laughs> what, what no judgment, but there will be a bit of judgment. Oh, that is, I mean, uh, as, TV, as a TV series. Yeah. Um, Should I tell you mine? Will that help you? Yeah, go on. <laughs> so mine is, when I was a kid, I used to love, there's a show on the Disney Channel called That's So Raven. Oh, what, why are you embarrassed by that? Because as a 28-year-old man, I can't oh, you still really... still watch it? I don't still watch it, but oh, if mate, it was on... that's weird. That is actually getting to the First of all, weird. if you listen to the intro to That's So Raven... Unbelievable. Oh, what a... First of all, insane intro. Up there yeah. with every R&B hit of the 90s. Um, the premise is ridiculous, and the characters have just got really good chemistry. But it's 
the sort of show that I watched when I was like 12 or 13. I love Disney Channel. Brilliant. I mean, okay, I'll admit, I mean, I don't watch it anymore, but I regularly watch Hannah Montana. It was just on the no, TV that's, when so you that, got home. That, that you can be embarrassed about. I am a bit embarrassed crap. about that, but <laughs> she was the biggest star, child star for us. I mean, I was, what was it? We must have been about 14 or something. I mean, it was always just on. I think my sister got home before me and she always just had to uh, sit and watch it. That's classic I've excuse. Gotta be my honest, sister turned it on and it I just watched, I mean, I, I would just watch. <laughs> I mean, Nickelodeon also had random... I used to watch Zoe 101 for... God, I mean, oh, <laughs> that's I embarrassing. I, I know that we agreed to do a podcast, but I think you're just tarnishing <laughs> any reputation you had. <laughs> just uh, I think I think I'm not the one to worry about. <laughs> I know what you watch. <laughs> well, there's nothing dodgy about it. I just, no, it's not dodgy. It's just, you know... It's a bit sad, mate. Yeah. I, yeah, I used to watch Zoe 101. That was Britney That's, Spears' sister, right? It's Britney Spears' younger sister. I want to say her name's Jamie. Not Jamie, Zoe. Oh, oh my, Jamie Lynn Spears. That is her actual Jamie name. Jamie Lynn wow, Spears. Weird. Uh, it was actually not a bad show. I mean, it was a, it was a Nickelodeon show. It was, aimed at, it was aimed for us. But yeah, I, I, I am embarrassed to say that I used to be a regular uh, viewer of Hannah Montana. So I'll, I'll admit to that. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, if nothing else comes out of this podcast, having everyone know that you watched Hannah Montana or that you still watch Hannah Montana, I think that's that's success. Do you know a random fact that I found out about Hannah Montana years later? Did you ever watch it? Yes. Don't pretend. <laughs> you definitely, of course you watched it. But he, she, in the show, she has a brother, an older brother. Ah, uh, yes. Little short guy with blonde hair. And I thought, you know, he's like maybe 17. He was like in his late, he's in his thirties or something. He was doing it. When I think yeah. about it, it's really weird. I think he's even and older. He was playing a teenager, yeah, with an actual teenager. Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus was like a kid at the time. Yeah, you know um, he's in American Pie Band Camp. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he also plays, plays the, a teenager. He plays yeah. a real nerdy teenager. Yeah. Uh, I find that those cast, sort of castings are weird. But actually, when you look at Greece, yeah. for example, all of them are in their forties. Yeah, that's that's laughable how much that's they don't. Hilarious, know. yeah. But even the in between. Think about it as a kid. If I spoke to a 16-year-old or I spoke to, a let's say, a 22-year-old and say, can you act as a 16-year-old? I reckon the 22-year-old could do a better job right? because they actually understand what it was like to be a 16-year-old. The 16-year-old is still doing it. Even if they're 18, it was too recent in a way. Um, I wonder I wonder whether it's just maybe a weird a weird culture in, in TV and film or whether there's actually a, a genuinely fair logic behind it. But, I mean... Pl- Casting a 30 what something 40 year old. Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. Um, Thank you very much. When it comes to you and television, when you weren't watching Raven Simone to predict the future, <laughs> what actual genuinely good television did you used to watch and what, what, what did you get into? I wasn't actually massively into the Disney Channel uh, in that sense. I was much more, I was always into comedy uh, growing up, so comedy sitcoms. Uh, I was a huge fan of The Simpsons, of Friends, of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Those were the shows that that I absolutely loved, oh, and that all came. We'll watch that. Who? But that's not embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. I'm not. I'm not. Your stuff wasn't that embarrassing. Prison Break's not embarrassing. Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana's embarrassing. Oh my god. Yeah. Hannah Montana. Prison Break crossover. <laughs> oh, Can you imagine? You imagine and just going. The best. Hannah, shut the fuck up. We're trying to get out of prison. <laughs> Stop singing. It's not going to help. Singing. Um, I've got a. I've got a perfect disguise. Everybody knows who you are. It's better that you pretend to be my. Oh, tomorrow. he's wearing a blonde wig. That's how yeah. he's going to get out. That makes sense. I really enjoyed all the BBC comedies. Uh, that Those were the things that I grew up on. So Blackadder, Monty Python, Forty Towers, Little Britain, all of that kind of stuff was mm. 
was sort of my I watched that pattern. stuff later. I think uh, I think it might have been because my parents were a bit stricter. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I think <laughs> my parents were happy for me to watch it. Mainly, I didn't get most of the jokes. A lot of them went straight over my head, but there were enough. There was enough there to really enjoy. And I remember Blackadder specifically because you know I was about maybe twelve or thirteen, studying history, and then the Blackadder comedy is all a historic based comedy. So you know, if you know the history and you know the context, that's even funnier. But the actual the humor itself is is quite accessible. So that was for me all the stuff that I really enjoyed as a kid. Again, it was always with comedy. I didn't really get into dramas or uh, soaps or any of that kind of stuff, as, as, as you were saying. I mean, That's So Raven is a proper drama. That, that's know. So Raven was, was hard to do drama, definitely. But, wow. but for the most part, it was... Yeah, it, it was just the comedy stuff. I really enjoyed uh, yeah. watching TV to laugh. There was The first show I properly got hooked on that was not a comedy was Lost, which... I still, to this day, think is one of the best TV shows ever created. I, no, I never watched it. Oh, never seen an episode. Saw oh, loads of adverts. For, for those for those who are listening and who don't know, Lost, the premise of Lost, and, and for you as well, if you haven't watched it, you know, airplane crashes on an island, and these people have to obviously learn to survive. And each episode, you learn the history of each of those characters. You find out that they're all in, they're all linked in some way. Uh, they've got to find a way of making a, a community for themselves. They also find out they're not alone on the island. It's unbelievable. And every episode rewards you with another cliffhanger, uh, and that was for me. It was it was revolutionary, and it was just so incredible as a show. It got ridiculous, and it ruined. <laughs> it got so terrible, and the last few seasons are embarrassing to rewatch, and they don't stand the test of time. It sounds like you would probably say yes, but you would still recommend anyone now who's never watched it to watch at least maybe the first half. So, so we rewatched Lost. I rewatched it uh, with my wife who'd never watched it before. The first two seasons are still incredible and I think they, they stand the test of time and I'd encourage anyone to go and watch the first two seasons. The problem is there's another three or four, I think it's four seasons on top of that and it gets super crazy and ridiculous and the premise becomes unmanageable. It, it goes from really good questions around how do you create a community on an island with different egos and different personalities to time travel and you know, make believe. And it's just, it becomes so ridiculous and you had such a good thing. And it comes back to my, my general view on all TV shows, uh, which I know we're going to debate and we're going to talk about going forward, but it's that every TV show has a very clear lifespan that it can really survive for. And once it goes over that, it basically destroys itself. And I think any TV show that's longer than probably five seasons, maybe six is probably the maximum becomes pretty awful towards the end and even if you want to say it's, it's okay towards the end yeah. it doesn't sustain that same level of popularity and quality that it had in the first five or six so, seasons yeah i mean uh, if we talk about currently compare a show now it's actually it's going through the exact same thing it's uh the walking dead oh, you said, um yeah. and the walking dead i think you and i've discussed it. you didn't really get into it i mean yeah. the walking dead the first five seasons or so are oh, I can't tell you how I binged that show. It w I couldn't stop watching it. Right. I genuinely, I, I, I couldn't put my iPad down. I was like, I've got to watch the next episode. I, I would watch. I was at uni at the time, and I was doing my masters, and I'd go from work, and I, I just watch it on the train and back. I'd download loads of episodes. I'd stay up till God knows what time. I'd be exhausted for work and for uni. Yeah. But I watched like five seasons in, in a really short <laughs> space of time. But. I think I think the end of I think a lot of fans and there's a lot of discussions about it. I think it's now on its ninth or tenth season. Wow! And I think 
most fans would say if they're not watching now, they stop watching. They probably stop watching around season seven. Um, whereas, Is that because it I got worse? The quality got worse, or the story became stupid? I think that was <laughs> lost. It was the, the latter. The story. The premise of The Walking Dead is. It's a classic, it's a zombie sort of apocalypse. The you know, the, the, the if anyone's seen Twenty Eight Days Later, it's pretty much a, a TV show version of that set right. in set in America. A guy wakes up and from a coma after how many many weeks out, and the world is overrun by zombies and what they call them walkers. Um, and it's about survival, and you and you realise that the the walkers are not actually the main threat. It's actually humanity, and so and it's, it's very very clever. Yeah. But I think they did a couple of things. A the walkers were no longer much of a threat. You know, it was very easy to kill a walker right. by season six or seven. In the first couple of seasons, if a walker got to you, you were screwed. I mean, there are some episodes mm. where characters are surrounded by like a hundred or two hundred walkers, and they and they get out of it quite easily. Right. And that's I think where I think some people thought, of, you know, it's about trying to keep characters alive. But there was one big episode. I'm sure you've heard of it, um, where they introduced a character called Negan. And, um, spoiler alert, he kills off two huge characters. One of them was one of the biggest characters. It was very right. brutal um, a killing. It was brilliant. It was a cliffhanger from season six to seven. That was actually done very well. And it was people spent about a year asking who, who, who he killed. I think after that, people were like, well, now we're done. This is getting stupid. And then literally the, the main character left about season eight. If Michael Schofield left Prison Break after season three, you wouldn't watch Prison Break anymore. Right. It's kind of like if Steve Carell left The Office after season seven. You <laughs> yeah, keep well, watching, right? <laughs> yeah, and some morons like us still continue to watch mm -hmm. it back to back all the yeah. time. Yeah, you're We're not right. going to get into an argument about The Office in the first pilot episode. Well, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, The Walking Dead is arguments to say that you know they should yeah. have ended it six or seven. There's a peak, but the problem is. It's about money, isn't it? And yeah. it is a problem. It's not a problem for the producers if they're still making money and the ratings are decent. And you know, there's more. It's you know, when we talk about things like Star Wars. Star Wars. It's not about the movies. We could talk about it another time. It's not about the movies. It's about the product. Yeah. And that's why they keep making them. And it doesn't matter how bad it is, as long as they have the core super fans who go and dress up and buy all the gadgets and and all the toys, yeah. etc. They'll keep making seasons. So I won't be surprised if Walking Dead goes on for 12, 13 seasons. Well, that's that's a good intro into into what we both like and yeah. what we're both interested. We could talk in. about TV for days. Well, that's what we're planning on well, doing. We're that's literally going to do. Just a quick reminder: if you haven't already, to subscribe, to like, to follow us on social media. We have a Twitter account which has two followers at the moment. That's basically me and Vic. Uh, we also have an Instagram account which is is coming. Uh, it should be up by the time this podcast. Twitter is at since you watched at, at since, since you watched. watched. Yep, exactly. Um, I actually started the Instagram campaign to try and get a bit of bit of excitement, <laughs> saying everyone guess what's coming. Really exciting announcement. Um, at the moment, I have 15 uh, messages <laughs> in my inbox asking if my wife is engaged. Uh, to all those people that have asked, if I haven't already responded, what engaged? Sort of Your wife's engaged? No, no, not engaged. You're pregnant. Sorry, of course I'm not. Wow, that'd engaged. be you know that'd bigger be, missed. That'd be a call up the authorities. Problem, but my wife is not, regardless of whether she is or isn't pregnant, I would definitely not announce <laughs> it over Instagram. I don't know. Um, I think a couple of years ago, I would not have been surprised if you'd have done that. I, I would have done it in a in a sort of ironic way. You were a way. bit of an Instagimp uh, for a while. You love you loved 
you loved the quotes and stuff. I mean, we're not going to delve into your personal lives, but you loved Instagram at one time. I would, it, it, I would not have been surprised a few <laughs> years ago if you'd announced something like that on Instagram. Look, the life, the life of an influencer <laughs> is not one that I take lightly. Um, obviously, having to step out of the limelight was was difficult for me and my family. But uh, just want to thank the fans for for sticking by me. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah. in, t- in terms of sort of moving on, and, and this whole episode is going to be about the top shows that we've each watched in lockdown um and just as a as a preface one of the things that we are going to be talking about mainly on this podcast is netflix talking about the tv series that are on netflix yeah. that are worth watching that are worth subscribing to we've got a few statistics about netflix some really interesting eye-opening facts and figures about netflix right so first of all in europe the middle east and africa how many subscribers do you think there are of netflix Oof. Is it? I don't want to say something like a billion. Well, well, there's 200 and I think there's about 205 million subscribers worldwide. Really? Is that it? It's quite. It's quite a lot of people. I don't know what. I'm not saying that that is. It's the biggest streaming service in the world. But you right. thought maybe. I mean, that's 66 percent of all of Europe. As a as an example, that's 200 yeah. million people is a lot of people. So, uh, Europe, discount, the Middle East, and Africa. What did we say? 100 million. Uh, so 67 million, which wow. is nine percent. Of the population of those so one in ten people in europe the middle east and africa have a subscription to netflix uh, and, and obviously there's probably one account of one guy who's basically yeah for uh, all the yeah, i'm that guy people. i'm that guy everyone <laughs> everyone leeches off of mine everyone <laughs> <laughs> there's always that one person isn't there that's sort of keeping everyone's netflix netflix is going oh yeah the Netflix revenue uh, in 2020 was $25 billion. As I said, there's 204 million subscribers to Netflix. The next in line is Amazon Prime with 150 million, followed by Disney Plus with 87 million. Uh, that Disney Plus one's quite impressive considering they only came out, I think, a year or two yeah. years ago. Uh, no, I think it's just about... Well, in the UK, I think it's only been a, it's been a year because right. I just got my uh, subscription uh, <laughs> renewed. <laughs> you know what you can watch on Disney Plus, by the way? Go on. Well, that's so Raven and Hannah Montana, uh, if you really want I, to. I think that's a time. I'm not going to admit that I'm going to watch it in secret. I'm looking forward to that. And, and can, do you know what the number one complaint about Netflix was, according to their complaint section? Uh, it's it, it's got to be the, either the, the price or... Yeah, it's the price. Price, price hikes, not the price. price. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 I mean, they raised it by about at least a pound or two pounds recently. I think the most expensive one went up by about two or three pounds, yeah. <sighs> I can understand that to to a degree, but the, but then Netflix always complain about not having enough money, and <laughs> so I don't really get that. They always complain about not having enough money. They're always in debt. Yeah, um, but I think it's, it's it, I think it's a it's a fair bit for what for what they offer. They actually do offer a lot, and people like to complain. So well, you always put in this and that. And yeah. Do you know how long the average Netflix user spends watching Netflix per day, according to their statistics? Two hours a day. Two hours a day, average Netflix yeah. user. I mean, that's quite a lot. Two hours of TV well, a day. Well, I think if you ask how, how how often people would watch TV a day, that's about two hours a day. Yeah. So Netflix is taking over television. I mean, I don't really watch much on on Freeview nowadays. Yeah. I, I will just wait and watch it either on a street or some sort of streaming service. I don't remember the last time I watched anything live other than an event of some yeah. sort. And do you know the average time to binge a full series? A f- uh, a week. Five days, <laughs> a full series. So that goes from anything to a one-season wonder with ten episodes to a Big Bang Theory with fourteen seasons and twenty episodes wow. per season. So there's anything there that they could go with. 
I haven't got the statistics. concerning about the state of the human race. Well, but. yeah, that's, yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I haven't got the statistics for 2020, but for 2019, do you know what the number one most binged show was in 2019? Oof. i give you a clue. It's one that you've watched and I haven't watched. You haven't seen Breaking... No, you've seen Breaking Bad. I've seen Breaking you? Bad, yeah. I don't know. Money Heart? No. I'm <laughs> you don't know, do you? I, don't know. I haven't got a clue. Uh, well, it was Stranger Things. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot how long it ago It was the that, most binged show in 2019. That makes sense. I mean, I, I completely lose track with timelines of time TV shows. It, yeah. and actually, Stranger Things, is the last season, came out two summers ago. I think it came out on July 4th, 2019. That was the last season. Um, yeah. And, yeah, wow. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's a phenomenal show. <laughs> we'll get into that another time, but what a show. Yeah. Can't so then watched it. So let, let's go on to your your sort of lockdown viewing habits. Um, so we're going to talk about what it is that you've watched, what it is that you'd recommend, uh, would you watch them again? But just to start us off, what were your top five shows that you watched in lockdown? Uh, you can start with number five and, and maybe come I mean, I, I could, I've got a huge list. I think I watched at least, I've, in the last year, I've watched about 25 shows. Wow. About four or five of them are shows that I've seen again. I mean, lockdown was perfect for someone like me. I absolutely love TV <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> Um, I well. did work. I wor- I still worked. Yeah, yeah, okay, no. But okay. I took advantage of the fact that I could get through a lot of television. And make sure uh, my fiance hasn't. Is still can't believe she's watched so much television in her life. But um, I had to break it down. So I'll go from number five and up. Um, my fifth favorite show that I watched this year was the second season of Afterlife. Okay. Afterlife is a uh, a drama, sort of comedy drama, written by Ricky Gervais. Um, just to quick premises, basically about a man who is going through a lot of depression following the death of his wife uh, to cancer. And he contemplates things like suicide and it's sort yeah. of talking about how you cope with with someone, a, love, yeah. a loved one's death like that. It's very, very wholesome. It's really, really funny. It, it, it's, a, it's quite a simple show in a way, but it makes you also think very deeply about your life and what your purpose is and what, what are the basic joys and... What, what to take seriously or what the priorities could be. Um, obviously, Gervais is really, really good in it. He's really, yeah. really funny. And it's interesting because if you've ever seen a Ricky Gervais film, they're absolutely dreadful. What, what films are you thinking of? I can't oh, I'm thinking of things like Ghost Town, um, the, the Invention of Lying, um, Special mm. Correspondence. Uh, he's not made... I don't remember then a again, film... Then again, The Office that he created was was excellent. But with TV shows, he's brilliant. Yeah, he did The Office. He wrote um, extras. extras as well. He's very much, I think, it was a consultant in The Office US. Um, yeah. He was a writer for Id- An Idiot Abroad, which is one of the funniest shows. Yeah, I've good. seen. Uh, you know, he's written some some fantastic stuff, and he's really, really, really funny. I think he's yeah. a really genuine human being. He's one that some people hate. I think he's quite marmite. Mm. Um, well, his stand-up is definitely very marmite. Yes, I mean, I absolutely love his stand-up. I just yeah. there's something about him, uh, but I know there are some people who just, just sort of whatever. But yeah. I think I think his just sort of view on life is very. He he doesn't take it too seriously. He wants you to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and that's you can see a lot of his opinions about life and uh, and how we should live it and, and society are reflected in this show. And it's hilarious at times. There's some really funny, funny yeah. stuff. You you said that you're talking about the second season. Do you think it was as good as the... Cause I really enjoyed the first season. Do you think the second season was as good, if not better, than the first? Possibly as good. Okay. Um, considering it was such a tough act to follow, because 
and it, it's not the sort of same thing it's about it's more about how he sort of reintegrates his life yeah. afterwards um but i actually yeah i would say it is it, it is as good it's really really pure um some really brilliant characters um some really hard-hitting moments and it's a very genuine show so um okay. so yeah i mean i've written here not many sequel seasons hold up as well as originals and this one does it's yeah. really really good show and i would highly recommend anyone to watch it you'll be in tears at times it's a show that's really got to me and i don't really get taken by shows so much right. in, in in that sort of emotional way but and, and it's really funny okay. so uh yeah so that's the fifth best one my number four is the third season of Fowder. So oh, I love yes. my foreign shows. I absolutely love, I, I've watched shows in Spanish. I've watched shows in French, uh, in Ivrit. Um, I've seen Asian shows. Uh, you know, I absolutely love foreign foreign shows. And Fowder is possibly the best um, series uh, other than one other, which I'll get to, um, in a foreign language. And it follows a, a team of counter-terrorist operatives. Uh, and it's considered to be quite realistic and accurate. A lot of them have served in the army. And, and some of them, I think, have served in counter-terrorist uh, units. It's brilliant, and this season is them in Gaza. They go into Gaza, which is just sort of like, you kind of knew it was coming when you watched the first couple of seasons, which are also absolutely brilliant. I can't explain how on edge I was for the episode when they are in Gaza. They're doing they're going through a yeah. field operation in Gaza, and it's about an hour where I, I'd, I could feel my heart bursting. Right. It, it is. I'm, I've, I've watched it as well, and there oh. are that those moments that you're just sitting on the edge of your sofa, yeah. holding a pillow, and just can't stop watching. It really it is. Was, it was. It was. I was just sort of tapping my. When I get a bit, when I get nervous, I just tap and tap and tap my foot, and I was doing that for an hour, <laughs> and driving everyone mad. Uh, I thought the. I'm not going to spoil it, but I thought the ending was for me was slightly disappointing. I, I didn't right. love it. Um, it's. A, I can see why people think it's a good ending, but for me kind of spoil what was a brilliant season but yeah. it is a, I highly recommend it if you've never watched it please watch it please watch it you'll, you'll know it's a it's an Israeli show and it was number one in Lebanon who have been at a state of war with Israel on and off over the last 30 or so years yeah. um, and uh, that's how good it is the third uh, show is Sons of Anarchy um, right. and the thing is with Sons of Anarchy is that I started it a couple of years ago I watched the first season on Netflix and I never really picked up on it and then when lockdown hit about a year ago um, I was at home and I sort of switched I thought oh, I should just you know watch it I've got time and I binged it I binged the it's seven seasons I binged six seasons in the space of about six weeks wow um, long less. episodes yeah it's about 45 minutes wow normal normal length um, I can't quite put my finger on why I love it so much it's got all you look. you're looking and you think this looks absolutely like a bunch of bikers right. and they just go beating people up and they just covers the whole topics of family and loyalty and uh, right. again these guys are all villains they're not good guys they really are the, main, the protagonist Jack's uh, teller is is not a good guy generally he does some really awful stuff but a really really great show, show. I think the, his character his mum Jack's mum in the show is one of the most incredible characters I ever watched because I was just like she made my blood boil, but I right. wanted to watch her. Those characters that phenomenal. Get you excited I think so, I've written here Cersei esque. Oh wow! Cersei, okay. Like like you hate Cersei Lannister so much, but you love watching her. Mm. You know, you, uh, anyone who's watched Game of Thrones loves Definitely. watching Cersei, but you you want her to have a, a horrible ending. You want her to, and, and you're like, yeah, if she dies now, I wouldn't mind. But at the same time, you love watching her. Keeps you care. Keeps you so, um, okay. yeah, the acting is, is brilliant. It's on and off acting, but 
as a as a story and and as a concept, I think anyone will really love it. Okay. Number two, uh, which I was quite surprised I put it there, is Tiger King. Oh yes, and there we go. <laughs> the thing is, with Tiger. Oh god. I don't. I can't. I, will, I think we'll, we will probably discuss this show in a future episode in more depth. But I can't. I think I watched it a few days <laughs> after watching my fiance. She said to me, "We've got to watch this. Everyone's watching it. Let's just watch it." And I think that was the first sort of craze when yeah. lockdown hit around here. And it's in, it is brilliant. It's absolutely. But you, you, I'm thinking. I'm sitting there thinking, "This isn't real. Come on. No, we're going to find out in the last episode that this was all set up, mm. and this is like a a, 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 do, a mockumentary kind of thing or." a fake reality TV show like, you know, The Hills and, and Towie yeah. or something like that. But it, it's not. These guys are genuine and they're absolutely crazy. Joe Exotic is a legend. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. It's it fascinating. It's also quite heartbreaking, particularly the tiger. I think the tigers almost, they, 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 they get lost in the show. It's yeah. called Tiger King, but it's clearly not really. It's about the people who are. It's about the people, tigers. but yeah. people. It gets lost into the fact that the ti- the fact there are so many tigers. I think I think I heard a rant, crazy fact that there are more tigers in the south of the United States than anywhere in the world, or something ridiculous like that. Wow. M- more <laughs> tigers. I, I, I need to check this. There are right. more tigers in the south of the United States. So not South America, but the yeah. southern states of a, of the USA. There are more tigers than in the rest of the entire world. I need wow. to, I'm pretty sure I heard, I'm pretty sure it was on Joe Rogan's podcast they were discussing it and he, and he, yeah. he brought that fact out, which could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's correct. Uh, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, Joe Exotic is just one of the funniest, craziest mm. people I've ever seen. But I remember there was all the memes and the thing that highlighted how mad this show was is that there was a character, I can't remember his name, but he was one of the the, the handlers in the zoo with uh, with Joe Exotic. And there's one scene where he's like filling up a car or filling something up with petrol and he's just like, he's smoking a cigarette and that's oh, not the, and, 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 and someone wrote, that's not the craziest thing about this show. Like, uh. <laughs> he's just dealing with raw petrol just, just yeah. fl- flushing out of this tank and he's just smoking a cigarette and that's not the craziest part of this show. Yeah. I mean, um, we'll, we'll the, discuss that show, I suppose, in, in a future podcast. I, yeah. I, I just felt it was lowest common denominator entertainment. I really didn't, there was something i think uh, (laughs) i think it's just the actual show itself whatever but i mean the the, just the guy i couldn't Uh, believe he existed i couldn't believe he's a real human being but he very much is and i'm very disappointed that donald trump did not pardon him (laughs) i think the world needed that i think i think donald trump might have had quite a few more fans and might have done might do his presidency uh uh campaign in 2024 a whole lot of good if he uh if he did pardon him <laughs> but yeah, but number one, I'll go to number one because obviously uh, we'll get to you. Uh, number one is uh, I know uh, yeah, I know that we're going to be discussing it, but it it, it is Money Heist, uh, yeah. and I've just and I uh, maybe it's because it's more fresh in the memory, but I only just finished watching it in the last couple of weeks, and I flew through this show. That's um, excellent, isn't it? Yeah, Brilliant. Me, me and my fiance, we absolutely flew through it. I mean, you were telling me you got to watch this. Jody was telling me, you know, can we when can we watch this? When can we watch this? And I thought, well, I've watched Narcos, and that was pretty good. And mm. can I be bothered for a, a Spanish subtitled show again? I should have watched it sooner. It's <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> ah, the story build, the characters, some of the character development is amazing. Yeah. The thing that I've actually written here is it's logical. Right. It makes sense. So when a lot of shows happen and big things happen or stunts happen, you're like, oh, you can do that in real life. 
And actually, you look at what the professor does in some of the in some of the the, the episodes and how they put off the heist. Yeah, it's plausible they could do it, and you could do it in real Very life. Clever. And it's really, particularly in the season three and four. I don't want to go into spoiler. We'll do yeah. that next week. But how they pull off a certain heist and how they do it, and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That's brilliant. It yeah. could work. Definitely. Um, and something which is really important um, is that you you root for the characters some yeah. characters there that you really root for and also which I think is absolutely essential for any film or TV show to be good no character is safe no even right. the professor for me no character is safe at all from being bumped off or something like that it's a bit of a Game of Thrones kind of vibe no character is safe and anything can happen at any time and, and that's that keeps your interest yeah. in there so yeah that, that, that's yeah. my top five and I've been ranting and raving so I want to hear what your <laughs> top five are I mean, obviously I'm assuming it's going to be the Powerpuff Girls or you know, you know there was bananas the sequ- and pyjamas the sequel to That's So Raven that came out was probably there's not a sequel <laughs> I think there was I, I don't know oh. I'm not... no yes no you're right <laughs> I think you're it's right my, it's my number one Num- yeah, my top five. Um, so I, I think we, we discussed this previously. Despite setting up a podcast around TV shows and TV series that we binge watch, I actually spent much more time watching docu series and films on Netflix. I found it was less of a of an intense um, thing to get involved with. I find that sitting down to watch a TV series is a huge commitment, especially if it's going to be a lot of series, a lot of episodes. Yeah, you're all about commitment. I'm all about commitment, exactly. <laughs> Your wife is really happy to hear. That. I, I was waiting for, for you to get that kind of jive in at some. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, my, so number five for me was the Last Dance, which is ten episodes. It follows the story of Michael Jordan, who was the big star of Space Jam. Is that how uh, you described him? He is. The, he is. He's the star of Space Jam. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. He played basketball on the uh, side. On the side, he played basketball. You're right. Um, they the they Chicago signed him Bulls. up to do a docu- to do like a mockumentary about the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, you're right. He yeah. wasn't that particular. But um, it follows the story of <laughs> of you know the Chicago Bulls of him of him actually his rise to fame, him doing exceptionally well. There's a number of it's a classic Netflix series with interviews with raw footage. It's done really really well. I'm not a huge basketball fan. I know very little about basketball. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not it's not a sport Rubbish. that. I'm particularly interested in, but I think the the ideas, the inspiration it tries to give you around hard work, about around being the best at something, all that kind of stuff is done really, really well. I think it's well executed. It's it's great. It also creates a bunch of memes. The most specific, obvious one is where he says, "And I took that personally." So yeah, I mean, memes aside, it was just a great show and highly recommended, and came in at number five. Fine. Okay, so um, last dance. Well, I mean. Even you would say even people who don't like basketball. Yeah, I would say it, it. it. Yeah, I mean the the messages is obviously the whole point is basketball, right? But they actually do quite a lot. I mean, you don't need to be, enjoy basketball to really get a lot out of it. That's what was quite good. It's about Michael Jordan, not about the Chicago Bulls. Um, again, people criticize it from that perspective that it's just a Michael Jordan show, but right. he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. So I think wanted to show. So that was great. Uh, my number four is a show called Sex Education which is two seasons. It's eight episodes in each season. It's a comedy drama set in what is apparently rural England. It's it's so weird because it's obviously set in England in some sort of countryside area, but these are just so non-English. Like, yeah. nothing English about it. 
he, I, I think I've seen, I think I've seen an episode. It reminded me of a show called The End of the Effing World. Um, yeah. And, and it's supposedly set somewhere in England. It looks like it's more like Scandinavia. Yeah, and they will act like they're not English students. <laughs> but uh, it's great. I mean, the, the basic premise is Otis, who's the main character. His mum is a sex therapist. Great name, right? So he's, again, very English, right? But he's um, he, his mum's a sex therapist. He goes to school. He's a bit of a weirdo. He's a bit of a bit of a sort of a, uh, out, outsider. He's got um, a really good, he's got one really good friend, but otherwise he's a bit of a loner. Uh, he teams up with a girl called Maeve, who is sort of a very cool, mysterious girl who's very attractive, and they team up to give sex education to the students in the school who they realise have had really poor sex education. They don't really understand their bodies. They don't understand sex. They don't understand how to interact with members of the opposite sex or gender. They, they're just sort of Sounds exploring. Like my old school. <laughs> right, I mean... Everyone what, at my old school. This show is actually really good in that way. Uh, in terms of the fact that it's funny, it's light, it deals with some real serious issues as far as sort of, you know, what's consent and what's, uh, you know, just some general educational stuff around sex. Um, And I I really, I thought it was good. It's funny, it's good character development. The dialogue is brilliant. One of the things you were saying before uh, about one of those, what what show were you saying before about teenagers or with kids? Oh, we were talking about... (laughs) Hannah Montana, right, okay, brilliant. Yeah, we'll definitely edit this bit out. But, you know, what, what I think is really good about sex education is it's teenagers, but the dialogue is how you, teenagers would speak. Quite often when you watch a show with teen dramas or any teen shows, it's adults writing how they think children speak. And that always misses the point. Whereas, you know, things like The Inbetweeners, sex education, it really hits the right note. That's how that's how kids make fun of each other. That's how kids talk to each other. That's how kids interact with each other. And it does that really, really well. And you, you say you learnt a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't say I learnt a lot, but there's definitely some oh, things in there that you can learn. This is a definitely a difficult conversation to have over a podcast. Yeah, but, you're an, you're an uh, <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, you, you talk about did, did I learn anything? There's a lot of things in there that growing up and going through puberty for for women or you know or whatever it might be that's that's stuff that we don't necessarily get taught about there's a lot of challenges that teenagers face when they're going through puberty and and sex education is complicated it isn't necessarily something that we're all experts on doesn't matter what your uh, what your background is or what you do it, it i think that's the, what it does really well it exposes the fact that also the adults on the show also coming to terms uh with their lack of knowledge around sexual intercourse and, and sexual prowess blame our pshe lessons yeah <laughs> Uh, anyway, but number three, number three, which was um, was a bit of a nostalgic trip. It was a show called Cobra Kai, which is three seasons. It's ten episodes per season. It's essentially a comedy drama following on from the film from the nineteen eighties called The Karate Kid. If you've watched The Karate Kid, which was one of my favorite films growing up, this is a show that you can watch. It's so easy to watch. It's brilliant. It's just nostalgia. There's no depth or particularly fantastic acting in it. The dialogue is terrible. Um, <laughs> it's just nostalgic. It's just you know, if there's a film from your childhood, you really it would be the essentially it would be the equivalent of a TV show equivalent of like a Mrs. Doubtfire. You know, you'd watch that, but it doesn't have to be that good. I, I've never seen the Karate Kid from start oh, to finish. What a film! It's such a brilliant I, film. I've never I've, I've seen the wax on wax off scene oh. a few times, and I've seen the very last scene, but that is it. Even though I haven't really seen it. I'm pretty sure that the show is based off a sort of like a meme. 
it was a concept, isn't it? So there was a thing. Yeah, it was. It came from How I Met Your Mother, which is that Barney Stinson in How I Met Your Mother, he thinks the Karate Kid is actually uh, told in the wrong perspective. So in his, so the, the original Karate Kid film, for those who haven't seen it, is about a kid called Daniel LaRusso, played by Ralph Macchio. He moves to a school in Los Angeles in the 80s. He gets bullied. Um, he ends up taking karate lessons with someone called Mr. Miyagi. And he becomes very good at karate. And he ends up taking on the bullies in a karate championship at the end of the film. Uh, you know, and it's, you know, it's great. It's really enjoyable. He ends up winning yep. that final match with, um, you know, by, by using all the teachings he got from the wise sensei that is Mr. Miyagi to defeat the bullies. And, you know, and, and he, he gets the girl in the end who was originally going out with the main bully who, who was bullying him, who's played by William Zabka, who's Johnny Lawrence. And in How I Met Your Mother, Barney Stinson, his view is the Karate Kid is about Johnny Lawrence, who's this kid who's really good at karate, who's really popular, who had a great girlfriend. And then this other guy comes in, steals his girlfriend, and, you know, starts fighting back and therefore bullying him in a certain way and then at the end the kick that daniel uses to win the karate game is apparently an illegal kick because he kicks him in the face which you're not allowed to do so <laughs> cobra kai is basically all about how after that fight johnny lawrence's life goes down the toilet and daniel larusso becomes incredibly successful and gets married and has a very successful business and yeah i mean that's that's how it gets set up and then johnny lawrence sets up his own dojo called cobra kai and like I said, the fight scenes are okay. It's got some questionable acting, questionable dialogue. Uh, even some of the, the actual action is a bit average. But it's just it's just nostalgic. It's the sort of thing that, you know, if you've got an affinity to the Karate Kid, you can watch it. It's easy to watch. It's fun. It's it's well made. And, and I really, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Okay. Maybe maybe if they make a, a similar one about uh, with Jaden Smith, I'll, I'll watch that in the future. Oh, God. That was, no. No, definitely not. That's heresy. So Shocking. Bad. Terrible. And does he, does Jackie he, Chan saves that. He Jackie learn, Chan saves that film. Doesn't he learn Kung Fu? Not yeah, karate? And he becomes like a master in the space of about six weeks. <laughs> uh, Ridiculous. No. <laughs> he does that incredible stunts in the space of six weeks. It's so, possible. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the ending of the original Karate Kid yeah. and I've seen... I've seen oh, in the Jaden Smith the one, he does like a backflip or something, doesn't he? He does an unbelievable <laughs> move. And I'm like... He's like ten when he does this film. It's ridiculous, yeah, it's a bit crazy. Um, but yeah, may, may, maybe uh, Jada Smith will go down that same route in the future. Okay, yeah. so Cobra Kai. I've heard a lot of good hype. I think it was a YouTube series originally. Yes, it was originally, um, and then it went into Netflix, which is really interesting to see uh, where YouTube is at the moment when it comes to TV shows. But um, okay, so Cobra Kai, a lot of hype about that. It sounds, it sounds yeah. good. Uh, number two, number two is BoJack Horseman. As as someone that um, you know watched. The Simpsons growing up, Futurama, Family Guy, South Park. Bojack Horseman for me is the next uh, next in that line. It's, you know, it's about, it's, again, it's a sort of it's animated, dark comedy. It's about this guy called Bojack who's a horse who was a really big deal in the 90s. He was, um, he, was the, he was the lead in a show called Horsing Around where he basically adopts some human children and then he basically becomes a washed up star and it takes place in sort of modern day... I, I love people's imaginations. I <laughs> Someone was stoned off their face when they wrote it, but it's... I, well, you, I've started watching Rick and Morty oh, this week, which you, and I, I'm 
I think I'm I'm on some sort of psychedelic. <laughs> but again, it, it's, it, it's brilliant and it works really well. It's really subtle with some of the messages it gets across. It actually does tackle addiction, both drug and alcohol addiction. It tackles uh, depression, some really serious issues. It does it so, so well. And it does it. The, the voice acting is excellent. The stories are good. The humor is, is, is fantastic. And the way in which they manage to blend humans and animals there's a sort of anthropomorphic element to it there's like an early episode where um the paparazzi are played by birds uh enjoyable and um and a really good uh yeah it's really good show. was that is that i, I think i've seen a trace more of an adult yeah kind it's of, definitely it's adult. quite adulty yeah, isn't it is it? adult a lot, lot of the themes are very, very adult. adult um quite highbrow not highbrow quite lowbrow but quite would you say adult. it's an easy watch um no it, it's because i find some watch. cartoons are not that no, easy it's, to watch. Uh, well it's not it's not it's different in the sense that you can sit down and watch a Simpsons episode and it's lighthearted. Bojack Horseman tackles some really serious yeah. issues, but it does it in a very humorous... It's a dark comedy. You know, like I said, really enjoyable, really well done, but yeah. it's quite dark. Uh, but I thought it was brilliant. One yeah, of the best I've got... animated shows I've ever watched. Okay, I've got that on my list. You, you told me to watch yeah. that. Um, I saw a tra- I actually saw a trailer for it today. I didn't realise that Will Arnett and uh, Aaron Paul... Yeah, are Aaron Paul. I quite like both of them. He's, They're he's both very, very, it, yeah. good, very good actors, so I'm quite keen on that. But, um, okay, I'm really curious as to what your number one is. <sighs> well, so, just before you get to number one, I'm we're interesting trend with our shows. I mean, I've, I chose Afterlife, <laughs> Felder, Sons of Anarchy and Tiger King, and you've gone with The Last Dance. Yeah. You've gone with... Sex Education. Bojack Horseman. You've gone with Sex Education. Okay, and Cobra Kai. It's quite right. different. Quite different. But I yeah, I think I the difference is, is that I look at your choices and I either haven't seen them or in the case of Tiger King, I think it's a bit rubbish. But actually not too... Yeah, obviously we have different different interests and it's okay not to like the same but stuff. It's interesting to, to hear what your number one is then. Well, it's annoying because you went first, but my number one is also Money Heist. It's more kudos to, to how yeah. it well, is. Yeah, Money Heist... I don't think we have the exact same style of TV shows. Yeah, well, Money, we? Money Heist is, in my mind, one of the best tv shows i've ever watched and i know that as part of our podcast we're going to do that kind of you know what do we like about it what do we not like about it money heist there's only one part of money heist that i don't like which obviously we'll talk about next week but otherwise i think it's near flawless tune in tune in yes a shameless plug for next week is just to say that there's only one thing i don't like about money heist and otherwise i think it's so well done i think it's everything about it i absolutely love it i want to rewatch it that's the one show that if i could zap my brain and watch again for the first time i think i think i'd pick money heist but uh, but like i said you know I've, i've watched a lot of films over the last year and some of them were absolutely terrible you know mainly the netflix ones were really yeah. really awful I mean, uh, just before we get sure. to that, I mean, I, I want to give a shout out to the worst show I've seen. It's not a Netflix show, but it's the worst show I've seen. It's The Mandalorian. I'm, I'm going to be I that can't unpopular. Believe you didn't like it. You're a big Star Wars fan as well. I love Star Wars. I mean, we can talk about it in the future about my actual opinions about Star Wars. Even though I like it, I I, I think it's rubbish. <laughs> At the same time, it's yeah. something to talk about in the future. But I've been hyped up. This show was hyped up, hyped up, hyped up. Um, Disney Plus was released much earlier in America than hit, than in the UK and yep. Ireland. And that was basically the first thing that I'd put down to watch as soon as Disney Plus was available. And I just finished the first season recently. That's how long... It was a slog. It was boring. Yep. Um, I found it really, really boring. I thought there's basically little to no character development, really wooden characters, and some really good actors in there. Yeah. It didn't make me nostalgic, which I well, thought, that's, you know, a show like that's that That's the should. whole pull of it, right? It's that you, if you're a Star Wars fan... It's supposed to, yeah, you know, 
I think it builds off the whole cult thing of, of Boba Fett mm. being, you know, it was his suit was really cool, etc. But it's not Boba Fett. I, I was just like, the Mandalorian just isn't Boba Fett, that nostalgic. Is it? It's not no. Boba Fett. It's, it's, it's a Mandalorian, which is the same concept, I think. It's the armor that yeah. they wear. Uh, there's some sort of club or, or of assassins. I don't really understand. Again, I, I, I couldn't switch on the whole time because there's actually, I didn't actually have a clue what was going on in a lot of episodes a because the, the sound was actually really poor i couldn't hear really? what they were saying half the time and i turned i had the volume way up and also visual quality and i'm thinking i'm watching this if anyone remembers game of thrones the night king bat, the, bat, oh, the battle there's a whole in, youtube uh, video as uh, to ha- in, uh, how to adjust your screen settings to watch it yeah it's well mandalorian is pretty much the whole <laughs> season's like that and most of it is shot in the desert at oh, night dear. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't see a thing, and that drove me mad. Someone told me that season two is excellent, so I'm definitely going to give it a watch, as I do love Star Wars. So I'm very, I'm willing to watch anything really Star Wars, but I got to say, I was very, disappointed. very disappointed. A show that I was really looking forward to watch, um, and it took me ages to, to get through it. But um, I talk about disappointing and, uh, and things. I mean, you've been films, talking about, yeah. but you, you said you've been watching films mainly. I mean, but. What's the best film you've seen in the last year, firstly? Just quick, you don't need to go into it. What's the best film you've seen? You're going to be very embarrassed to be doing a podcast with me when I tell you that the best film I watched in the last year was a film that I hadn't seen before. Uh, and it's one it's one of those that everyone needs to watch and everyone has watched. But I just I just never got around to watching it. Um, it was Inception. I'd oh. never watched Inception. <laughs> and it's one of the top films wow. of all time. And I saw that in yeah, a cinema. I just didn't, I'd never seen it. And it was always one of those ones that I'd put off and put off. Oh, and it was unbelievable. I mean, it wasn't a Netflix film. I think I think we did watch it on Netflix, though. It's on Netflix. Unbelievable film. It is on Netflix. Really, really incredible film. The reason I didn't... Did you get the ending? Eh, I mean... What do you think? Spoiler alert. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil it. What do you it, think about the, the ending? Well... Well, do you know what? I, it is a spoiler. I, I don't mind the spoiler. It came out in 2010, for God's sake. <laughs> you can't <laughs> spoil a film that's been out for you know, <laughs> If it came out last week, I'd be like, yeah, let's not discuss it. But what do you think? Do you think he was dreaming? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I'm going to disagree I with dreaming. you. I, don't th- I think that's the whole point. It's a Christopher Nolan film. It has to screw with you, right? Uh, well, well, Christopher Nolan famously, like, came out and said it doesn't matter yeah. whether he's dreaming or not. That's the whole point is that he's happy. I was like, it's a cop out. <laughs> and actually, I saw a thing. I watched it. The first time, I didn't have right. a clue. The second time, I was like, I don't think he's dreaming, but I'm not sure why. And the third time, I got it. I'm pretty sure I got it. So if anyone knows, in, in the concept of Inception, is you've got to go from dream into dream and jumping into from one dream into another as a basic concept. And one of the ways that they know that they're in reality is that they have a, a, something that a they totem, call a totem. Yeah. It's a small object that's personal to you. You don't share it with anyone. You don't show it so that no one can manipulate it. And it's about the weight and, and how it works and... You know, for example, I think um, Elliot is it Elliot Page. Elliot Page. No, it's not Ellen Page. Elliot, Elliot Page. His totem is a, I think, a rook or something like that, right. a chess piece. Whilst uh, DiCaprio's character has spinning uh, a spinning sword. Almost like a, well, I was going to say dreidel. It's basically that. It's just like a spinning sort of a yeah. thing. And that's basically the last thing is that if it falls, you know that he's in reality, and it sort of hints that it's going to f- fall over. And everyone's like, oh, but it's still spinning, so he's still there. That's not his totem. That's how I realised that it's not, he's he, he's not, his. that's not his totem. That totem belongs to his wife. Right. And he says it at the beginning. That is her totem, and he steals uh... it from her. And he, his actual totem is a wedding ring. When uh... he is in... I can't remember which way around it is, but I think it's if he is in the dream world, he is not wearing his wedding ring. If he's in reality, he is. And I think in the last scene, 
whichever way around it wow. is, he, it proves that go. he's in reality. And that took me three watches <laughs> to get that. That's intense. I, I had no cool. idea. That's really it's a, yeah, mad. It's pretty. a great. That, that's well. That's the best film I've watched um, in the last year was Inception. Well, it's not a Netflix film, so it's good. Well, every right? Netflix film I've watched in the last year has made me want to gouge out my eyes with a stick. <sighs> really awful. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand this. This, I mean, because there are there are, there are some really good Netflix films out there. I mean, if I give if I if I give five big yeah. Netflix films that are actually good in my opinion are the first ever Netflix film, which is Beast of Beast of No Nation with okay. Idris Elba, about uh, child soldiers. It, it, it's, it's a good film. It's a good storyline, and that was the first. I think that's the first ever Netflix original okay. film. That's a good film. Another one is Bright, which I think you know it's, it's mixed opinions about that. It's the Will Smith one. Where it's set in a world where orcs uh, yeah. and elves are part of reality, and I actually thought it was the trailer gave suggested it was going to be something completely different, but it I actually thought it was still it still yeah. held out quite well. El Camino, Breaking Bad movie. I mean, that's brilliant. just a continuation of Breaking Bad. Really good. For, it's still a, it's still yeah, a Netflix original movie. It is. It's a. It's not a standalone I mean, film. film. It's a Breaking it's, Bad it's movie. It's a film that is based off of Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's a spin-off in a okay. way technically because it does. Is you're right. It is a continuation, but. As a Netflix original movie, it is still okay. it holds. It is a good film. The Old Guard, which came out in the last few months with Charlize Theron, I highly recommend. I actually really enjoyed that. Really good film. Um, if you like your uh, right. your action movies, really good one. And then recently, I saw a film called The Dig. Uh, the Dig was very good actually. With Ralph Fiennes. Ralph the Fiends. Dig is a really good film. And I was, I was in. And this is the thing though, is you may agree. I went into it thinking it was going to be crap. Because Netflix films traditionally, I've seen far too many Netflix films that are hyped up that are terrible yeah. so i mean i've got some here that you know the hype was incredible big actors you've got triple frontier which had charlie hunnam it had uh ben affleck um i can't remember exactly who else but it was, it was a big big yeah. lineup it seemed like a brilliant action movie rubbish fell asleep the highway men it's got um woody harrelson and i think kevin wow. costner and still no i good. think it's them too and it's about two fbi agents who tra- track down um, bonnie and clyde I don't know what happens at the end. I assume they catch Bonnie and Clyde, but I didn't <laughs> get it to sleep. Uh, the King, which is with uh, Timothy oh, Chalamet, who's the next big thing. Yeah. Boring as hell. So boring. And I'm pretty sure that's the same film where Robert Pattinson comes in with one of the most laughable French accents. So I think he might even do it on purpose. That's the only half decent part of the film. <laughs> Something to laugh Pattinson, at. Which I'm quite surprised at. Special Correspondence, which I mentioned earlier, which was uh, a Ricky Gervais film, but he's, he's with Eric Banner, wow. who's a great, great, yeah. anyone who's seen Munich, rubbish, really boring, War Machine, Brad Pitt oh, is the lead actor. I film either. Actor I thought I'd that. love that. I, I, I was really disappointed in that, very disappointed in that. Death Note, which was a huge, huge film, and it has, um, oh, I've forgotten his name now, his, his name's gone, he, he, he played... Um, the Green Goblin in uh, oh, William Defoe in, in the Tobey Maguire uh, yeah, Spider Man, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, William Defoe. He he he's in it, and it's uh, that. Oh, I was like, sitting there thinking, this is boring. It's supposed to scare me. It's boring. Okaya, which is about the concept of a super pig developed for um, meat processing or whatever, a new kind of meat for the for the world with Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Kate Blanchett's in it. Really? Rubbish. The Babysitter. Well, I'm not wait, even which one's the Babysitter? That one. And not. Oh, oh God, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> It's about uh, a kid who's. Who, it's basically about a babysitter, a kid, who, kids who are looked after by a babysitter and her friends, and they turn out to be some sort of murderous what? cult. And it's just oh, rubbish. It was rubbish. It was on the Annihilation, which has Natalie Portman. Yeah, awful. The concept looks brilliant. Just the execution, yeah. rubbish. The Angel, which is about a true story about an an Egyptian um, 
the son of an Egyptian general who goes and sells secrets to the Israeli military and the Israeli government about how to basically beat Egypt. And if anyone's read, read the real story, an incredible story, but yet somehow Netflix <laughs> made it boring. Um, the Outsider, which has got um, Jared Leto, which is a whole about a guy who's involved in uh, um, the Yakuza gang. I switched really? off after 20 minutes because I was so bored. strange. Really bored. The Red Sea Diving Resort. Great which story. Is a, 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 again. Boring film. A great story. The execution and even the, the accuracies were yeah. just so way off. I don't mind the odd inaccuracy, but the, you know, if anyone's seen Braveheart, that's one of the most inaccurate films ever, but it doesn't stop it yeah. being absolutely brilliant. Well, it's, it's so inaccurate. It, yeah, it I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think that when we talk about TV shows and the whole podcast is going to be talking about those different TV shows every week, there seems to be a, you know, a really... What Netflix does really well is it executes a really clever premise uh, with great actors, great character development, and usually excellent dialogue. Yeah. And yet with all of the films that you've mentioned, and I can think of a couple as well uh you know it, it just they get the premise but they completely stuff it up it, you know these all sound like great films these all sound like the sort of films that you'd want to watch yeah. i mean i'm a huge fan of romantic comedies i'm a huge fan of, of romance films i mentioned earlier my, my i do enjoy comedy films and netflix released two rom-coms in the past i believe in the past sort of year past couple of years one was called set it up which had lucy Liu, it had tay diggs pete davidson's in it um, it got 92% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's it's absolute crap. It's so badly done. The premise is good, right? Two people who work for annoying bosses. It's basically a bad version of horrible bosses. Uh, they try and set up their bosses to be together so that their lives are slightly easier. Done so terribly that the acting is awful. The dialogue is trash. That it's just it, the characters aren't likable. It doesn't work. There's another film which was called uh, Love Wedding Repeat, which has Sam uh, Claffin, who's in Me Before You, he's in The Hunger Games, he's in Love Rosie. You've got Eleanor Tomlinson, Joel Fry. It was... I don't even know where to begin with it. it the, the trailer is pretty good. If you watch the trailer on Netflix, looks I've okay, it's pretty funny, nothing too serious. Yeah. It may be the worst film I've ever seen in my entire life. I cannot tell you... As someone that will sit through any sort of rom-com and not question it until the end, you know, the premise of a rom-com is really easy. Two people, they're meant to be together, it doesn't work out, they end up finding each other at the end, that's basically it, and you find a way of making the characters really likeable. This film, don't really know what it's doing, not really sure what the point is, every character is detestable, and not in a, not in like an interesting way, they're just awful characters, terrible acting, the dialogue is dark, it's just everything about it. The only good thing is that it looks really nice. <laughs> the camera angles are quite nice. It's in a beautiful location. Every other thing about it is terrible. It it was it was the worst film I've ever seen, honestly. And it was a wasted evening. If you if you have to watch a, a film based on the fact that the cinematography is just the that's what you can say about the it, best right? part about it, then it's probably the lighting. That was the good, good thing film. about it. Right? It was. It's, uh, it was terrible. Yeah, oh, God, it was really, really awful. And and a lot of these films, I mean, the, just the execution uh, is bad. But the premise might be good. And all those films you're talking about have a good premise. They have an interesting sub subplot to them. They have possible character development and characters you could be interested in, and excellent actors as well. And the execution is just so so poor. Yeah, yeah it's actually remarkable how quickly Netflix has taken over the the film and TV game. In that, yeah, you know when Idris Elba did Beasts of No Nation. It was a big deal. Huge actor, huge name is is doing a film on Netflix. It's not even going to be in the cinemas. Wow. Oh my God. What, what on earth? 
I mean, I think the only film that I know of that that has gone straight to cinema from Netflix is um, is is The Irishman, uh, which was such a big deal. I actually think it's a uh, it's a, it's a yeah. decent film. It's a slog off um, to get through it, but it, it's like, yeah, I think it's close to four potentially. I might be wrong, but um, but I, I mean, I looked at the list of all the films that Netflix have have originals that they've made. Yeah. And there's hundreds, and I'm wondering whether it's just it's possible. It's just that. that the method is let's release a hundred films and if three of them are brilliant that's yeah. that's enough that'll, that'll bring in a lot of money for us and I, and I wonder if that's that because I have named five yeah. good films um, that I've seen and there are others And but I've named 11 films at least that were given quite a lot of hype and I'll just trash you've named some films that were given quite a lot of hype I mean uh, there are I mean do you know of any hidden gems that maybe you think because there's a bunch of films there that 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 don't get as yeah. much hype. They're just sort of released. Well, there's, I mean, I there's, there's, there's a few really them. brilliant films on Netflix, right? There's The Two Popes, there's Marriage Story, um, Song of Names, which yeah. is really good. I'd recommend any of those. Uh, there's another film called Three Identical Strangers, which is more of a documentary than a film, but that was amazing. Have you oh, seen it? Oh, wow, I've seen that. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh I reckon we're going to do an episode just on that <laughs> film. I think it's, it's yeah, kind I of documentary. Should, yeah. I, I think I need to rewatch it. I think I need to rewatch yeah. it. So, but, uh, for, for those who haven't seen Three Identical Strangers, go watch it on Netflix. Incredible documentary, really good film. It's yeah. not that long; it's about an hour and a half. Really, really interesting. True yeah. story. Really, really amazing. I mean, um, yeah, I think I think maybe the true story ones. I mean, I've got four hi- right. what I would call hidden gems that you might not. I mean, there's twenty second of July, is the, which is uh, the story oh, of that the amazing. Oslo bombings, and, and, and it's, it's a tragic. Honestly, I, I felt. I was uh, I was taken quite deeply by that because actually the 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 mur- I can't remember his name but the, I'm actually not going to na- name him. Um, uh, the murderer, the terrorist, went and attacked what yeah. was basically a youth camp. You know, you know, and uh, you and I we were involved in in youth ca- youth camps uh, when, we, when we were younger, uh, youth movements that were maybe a little bit political and you know, I kind of just that would if that was a terrorist had come and attacked yeah. us on a summer that's camp, that's what would have happened. Um, it's it's a it's a very very dark but brilliantly done film. There's a film called Spectral, which is one of the first Netflix original films I ever watched. Which is I, I can't really explain it, but it's a sort of <laughs> just go watch it. <laughs> it's sort of like I sort of watched it and didn't know what was going on, but it's one of those sort of like it gets better and better and better, and you're like okay, I'm I'm, in, I'm into this. It's quite a yeah. unique kind of film. Um, there's the Siege of Yadotville, which is um, a true story about the United Nations Peace Corps in Yellowville, which is in Africa, if I'm correct. I can't remember which country. Um, but they're led by an Irish, uh, okay. it's an Irish contingent, Christian Grey. And then finally, there's a film called Six Days, which is about a true story about the Iranian, I think it was the Iranian right. embassy was hijacked. And they sent in an SAS squad to, um, to, to, to deal with the operation. And I think the, the man who led that operation from communications, the man who was in charge of the operation, yeah. he just recently passed away. Um, so again, that's got J- Jamie Bell, Billy Elliot, if anyone remembers. But uh, yeah, so some hidden gems there, even though there's a lot of trash, a lot <laughs> well, of I mean, rubbish. That, that's, that's good to know. I mean, that. and I think that part of what this podcast is going to look to do is to look for some of those hidden gems, both from sort of the TV perspective. You know, what are the films that we've watched? We've just sort of described it, but we're going to be talking about the TV shows that we loved, TV shows that we didn't love, the stuff that we would recommend um you know we really hope you've enjoyed this as our pilot episodes uh it's been a lot of fun for us just just chatting to each other basically we should do this more often you know we should yeah, we should talk more often 
just do it. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, next week, next week, next week, we've be- made it enough time. We've mentioned it enough times, but we've got a m- money exciting. heist next week, which is as we favourite show of the last year. We it's fresh in our minds. We want to talk about it. And yeah, if you do follow us on on, on Instagram or Twitter before then, um, then you want to share some of your thoughts about it. Then you're very very welcome. We may bring them up. And what we love about it, what we what we don't like about it, we'll maybe we'll look mm. we'll talk about what the upcoming final season may have in store to offer. So if you haven't seen it, we'll we'll warn you before we get into any spoilers. But please do join us next week when we discuss um, phenomenon, which is uh, money. Very heist very exciting. Thank you Looking to everyone who listened. Don't episode. forget to like, subscribe, leave us a comment in the comment section. This is since you watched.